Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes are in Mirabar, the first stop on their journey to the Bastion of the Last Corruption. It's a secret temple that has a way for them to destroy the evil amulet that they possess. They've met their guide, Carissa Kinborough, who will take them out of the city, through the mountains, and all the way to the Bastion. Unbeknownst to the rest of the group, however, Bernie and Carissa are related. And there's a lot of anger and tension between the two because of some family history. But as we join our adventure, already in progress, Carissa has started their journey by leading them to the edge of the city. She grabs a backpack that she had sitting between her feet the whole time and ushers you outside, back into the mirror bar cold, and is explaining as she is leading you through the city streets that you're going to leave through some specific exits from Mirabar to a path leading up to the mines of Mirabar. And that's, and she's couching it in the terms of we're going to go and the place that we need to take care of to inspect everywhere. Uh, I know you haven't been up this way before, so I'll just explain. We'll be going through the, the main gates leading to the spine paths. It'll be about a day's travel. Uh, if there's anything last minute that you need to pick up, but I'm assuming that you are ready to go. Rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Coco Snoot's got her, his booties on. We're good. Jonathan, apparent, uh, in his absent-mindedness, is just, he's still kind of geeking out over the progress he's made on, on these two new spells that he's working on. And so he's been talking Carlton's ear off about some of the, the planar acquisition and uh, uh, lateral movement equations that he was working on. And just like, he's like, and then in the dream, I realized that I needed to solve for Gamma and not X. It was incredible. Oh my God. Who's X? What? Who's X? Anyway, so th so Gamma was the key. And he just like kind of is Wait. not listening to Carlton. Like, I thought keys were made out of iron. <laughs> he's not listening to Carlton's very obvious, I don't care, I don't understand questions. And just, I am halfway lost. He lost me at like <laughs> planar tangents. Yeah, and he keeps going. He keeps going. Does 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 Travancore hear any of this? Oh yeah, oh, we're, we're at the table. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So Travancore leans over to Carlton and says, "I don't. Who is Gamma? And what is Jonathan not telling us? Does he have some sort of dark secret in his past that we need to worry about?" I wonder if Gamma is like his pet name for Dorvine. Oh, I like, didn't even think of that. How some people call like their significant other Honey or Babe. Maybe he calls her Gamma. Oh my gosh, he can't even process his feelings for her. He, it's unreconciled. That's so sad that he can't even call her by her name. We need we need to get these. Well, two no, together. I think it's a special pet name between the two of them. You oh, know, is something it? that's dear to them. Oh, you are smarter than me, so it does make sense that you would pick up on that. Yeah, because like, who else would he be dreaming about? He dreams and talks about Dorvine all the time. It has to be Dorvine. Dorvine is Gamma. It's true. It's all day. Dorvine is Gamma. Oh my gosh, Dorvine is the Gamma. Wouldn't Dorvine be Delta? Is all that Bernie chimes in. She's like, guys, that does not make sense. Her name begins with a D. Her name would be Delta. He's clearly moved on. I don't know that language. Who do we know whose name begins with a G? 
<laughs> and at this point, jo- Jonathan is still going. He's like, and then you have to understand that space is not just three dimensions. There's like, I, I, I think there's like six, and you need all, you need all of them for for these spells. I think to he's work. talking about how the space between him and Dorveen, aka Gamma, is so far in three dimensional that even though they're so far apart, their hearts are together. I think it's someone new. I think he's moved on, and we have to figure out who this woman. Do we know anybody named Geraldine? Who's this Morden? That's what I want to know. And why did he get between? Torvi and the Gamma and Jonathan the Magic Muscular. A mordant is what makes dye stick to cloth, Travancore. Out, out of all of your side conversation, this is what Jonathan picks out. No, no, no. Morden eigenvalues. It's something Morden Kaiser came up with uh, when he was first developing some of the uh, some of the teleportation and, uh, and planar travel spells that we use today. So naturally, he named the constant and uh, and subsequent values after himself because he's like that. So Morden eigenvalues. So and then, but to continue, and, and he goes on. I don't on. agree with Morden's values. He doesn't have values <laughs> at all. If he would split Dorvin and Jonathan, I mean, who is this guy? We don't know anything about him. We're we're delving into British style comedy. First order of business. Well, who's on first? <laughs> no, 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 no. After we take care of this errand, we will go to visit Wendergod's Tower, and then we will solve this issue because Wendergod's Tower has waited for too long. I think Wendergod's Tower could probably wait if we need to go talk to Morden about the woman that he, that left. Oh, we don't want to make him seem too desperate, though. Yeah, I know, but like, what if what if she left Jonathan for him? He's still pining. That would be sad. It's really amazing how he's been able to carry on at least yeah. two different romances right under our noses. An errand of the heart. I mean, you're right. What am I saying? I feel like I'm watching a soap opera and I don't want it to end. Well, this is like fic- fiction's like revisited. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so just to kind of summarize, oh, guys, I am so close. I'm so close to figuring this out for myself. We hope you find love too. Just imagine, but... no, t- no more teleportation circles, unless I was, you know, unless we actually had to. No more circles. We ah. we also hope you find the love that you're looking for. Do yeah. you want to see her that badly, Jonathan? Uh, um, this bacon's really good. He's deflecting. Just we should go. Bacon He's out deflecting. of your plug. We've been walking. I thought we were walking <laughs> and talking. We've been walking and talking this whole time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like- oh, okay, no, no. Jonathan the Magic Muscular pulls bacon out of his pocket. He probably saved us some. That doesn't surprise me. And I look at that, I'm like, yo, that's a pro Carlton move right there. <laughs> I had a coworker who found a month-old piece of bacon in an apron and ate it. He reaches into his sleeve, which is up. Uh, actually, no, he's got a jacket on. So he reaches into his jacket so. sleeve and pulls you out a piece of bacon. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I would rather eat it out of the bag, bag of holding. At least then there'd be no lint on it. No, he's handing it to Carlton. Oh, yeah, no, Carlton immediately devours it. <laughs> Bernie Tate puts her hand up, and it's too late. She's like, oh, no, oh. And I looked oh. down at Bernie, I'm like, you should know, this is how you build antibodies. And at this point, you have arrived <laughs> at the gate. I can just vaccinate you, Carlton. It's a lot easier than the poops you're going to have later. <laughs> So the gate to the the exterior wall of Mirabar that you are uh, approaching is one of the northern gates. It's fairly large and imposing, and there are quite a few guards stationed both up on the wall as well as around the bottom. The giant wooden doors are slightly ajar, though. They are not currently closed. And as you all walk up, Carissa 
simply nods to the guards and walks through, doesn't seem to say anything or present anything. Uh, do you follow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go. Yeah. You weave your, you follow her path, weaving your way through a couple of the guards to the, the door, which has been basically opened enough to allow for like someone on horseback to go through so shadow doesn't have any problems but but koga snoot does oh god he's just way too big for that door yeah he tries to go through like sideways it's a really weird maneuver <laughs> so you head on through the city of mirabar has been this very impressive very tall city it's been bustling with people now that you're there in the morning when the sun has risen and it's a little warmer. It's still bitterly cold, but the the wind has died down a little bit and this the city has come alive. And as you step through the doorway to the passage through the mountains that's going to lead you to where you need to go, it's a it, it's a dark change. One moment you are surrounded by some of the height of civilization that you have seen as far as buildings and monuments and people and commerce and trade and talking and all of this. And then through those doors, it is mountains and a path and nothing. And you can see from the freshly fallen snow before you that at least since the last snowfall, which you gather was probably last night, nobody has traversed this recently. You will be the first. And it's going to be a little annoying, slow going, trying to break through the fresh snowfall. But Carissa just forges on ahead, despite the fact that uh, for both you, for both her and Bernie, the snow kind of comes up. Well, you're, Bernie, you're on Cocos Newt, but like it would come up to your waist. Like it's yeah. It's Bernie a- walks behind Carlton, who's I assuming act as in, acting as a plow. Yeah, I kind of turn back to Travancore. I'm like, you see this? This fresh snow. There's no tracks. It's it. No one has walked this since this last snow. We'll be the first. It might be a little rough going, but we got this, bud. Travancore immediately falls backwards and makes a snow angel. Okay. I look at him. I'm like, yo, that's a pro Carlton move. I had a good teacher. I'm glad I'm rubbing my I'm rubbing off on you guys. <laughs> Pocket bacon, snow angels. <laughs> Give me a performance check. Sweet. Ooh. For your impromptu snow angel, just for Here fun. Here we go. I've had good luck with the art, with the art so far. One of my performing will be as good as uh, visual. Eleven. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine snow angel, but snow celestial. Well, there are some benefits to being in a place that hurts your face. There you hey, go. Hey, Bucks. Uh, how you doing, buddy? You Do you want to go to the uh, pocket dimension, or are you all right? Bucks seems to be okay for the moment. He is obviously cold, but now that he's a little more prepared, and as you ask him, the impetus to stay with you is definitely stronger than the impetus to into the pocket dimension, so. Okay. But for the moment, he is kind of curled up next to you. Uh, you all got pretty substantial winter gear and so most of that is going to include hoods with fur lining and some some pretty thick outerwear at least for the the coats that you have and so he is kind of curled up next to you and seems to be fine for the moment all right good job buddy and i give him a very 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 soft pat sure so carissa is obviously taking the lead despite the fact that this passageway through the mountains it it looks carved. It looks like someone, someone's over 
who knows how many years actually has carved through the the bedrock and maybe followed a natural path, but has definitely wide, widened it to the point that this is, it's wide enough that two carts could pass comfortably with each other. And there is no branching as far as you can see, at least yet, but she has definitely taken the lead. As far as the rest of you, what would your marching order like to be? It sounded like Bernie was going to be behind Carlton otherwise. I want to be up in front. Travancore never gets to be in front. Okay. And Shadow's going to be right next to me. Uh, do you want to be up front with Carissa or do you want to be like back with up front with Carlton? I'll be up front with Carissa. Okay. And how about Shadow? Shadow will be maybe to my right, or if she's in the middle, maybe, unless Carissa gives any indication that she's uncomfortable with a shadow, but there may not be any reason she she would. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she has not either batted an eye or shown uncomfortableness with any of you, with any of your animals, with any of this weird conversation you had during the long walk to the, the, the doors about potential lovers and figuring magical stuff out. None of it has registered as anything on her face. She is consummately in business mode. Jonathan, how about you? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular will, I guess, bring up the rear if, uh, you know, if there's no one else back there because he's pretty... Uh, recently, he's had to tank a bunch, so he's uh, he's okay being uh, being the rear guard. Okay. And are you going to try... Uh, Carissa will actually turn... After you get through the doors, after they kind of fade off into the distance, as after you've walked for, say, 30 minutes and kind of gotten the lay of, of how this is going to go, she'll ask how fast you want to go. Um, she recommends trying to get to the mines before the, the sun goes down, which will involve not fast travel, but you're going to have to move at a pretty good pace. Uh, if you want to go slower and you want to be more cautious, then either you will be arriving well after dark or you'll have to camp for the night, or you could try to go very quickly, but uh, you might alert if there are any anything around that would be alerted by you. You'd be more likely to alert it. I'm okay with a fast but not too fast approach. Yeah. Yes. And your your middle a power walk. Can we yeah, power walk yeah. through uh, the temple? Yeah. A nice brisk stride. So kind of the, the path the, the pace you're going right now. Kind of a The recommendation of getting there by nightfall but not attracting too much attention. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Great. Um I need everybody to roll a constitution saving throw with oh. advantage. Okay. Oh. Because... oh, I have a small bonus to that. Maybe not a... Oh dang. Okay, I can go with that. I have a very large bonus to that, and they came in handy. Yeah, I don't need one from Bucks. Basically, this is the rest of you who are plowing through the snow. Okay. So, Jonathan? Eleven. And Travancore and Shadow? Travancore got a soft 20, Shadow got a 13. And Carlton? I got a 23. Bernie and Coco Snoot, what are your saving throws? Oh, I got a roll for Coco Snoot shit. Uh, Bernie got a 16. Okay. Well, he got a 19 both times. There you go. Uh, it's cold. It's wet. It does start to snow. 
It's not pleasant, but it's not the worst. It's kind of gray, overcast skies. There's not a ton of wind. But the fact that you are having to be the first to plow through the new snow is definitely tiring. Uh, Jonathan, you're bringing up the rear, so it's not quite so bad. But by about the middle of the day, you're you're feeling like you've already had leg day, and now you're having another leg day. You're Oof. probably going to be sore tomorrow, but it's not the worst. As Jonathan kind of like... He's doing that thing where you're you're behind everyone and every once in a while you're having to kind of jog to catch up. And so like when we get to our first like break, he kind of jogs up. He's like, I'm doing fine. It's okay. I, oh, cardio. And he's like getting, he's doing all sorts of weird like bends to kind of breathe and like putting his legs on his, his hands on his knees and oh, and then he's going up and he's doing the cobra and he's like, oh. Uh, oh I, man! Are are you are you okay? I'm Dad? good. Oh, oh, I'll be. Uh, I'm a little winded. Oh, but I I think I. Uh, Jonathan, imagine muscles should be okay. I just need. Oh, I just need a breather. Do you want? Do you want me to see if I can like do anything? Carissa will speak up and say, "Well, it is about noon. We can take a brief pause for lunch." Plowing through the snow is always tiring. Yeah, let's eat some lunch. Yep. She'll lead you off to the side of the path and in about five minutes find uh, some scrub and a few trees that give you enough of a clearing in the snow to be able to sit and have some basic food and get a chance to relax for a little bit. She'll grab some rations out of her pack and stay standing, keeping an eye out for anything. Did the rest of you want to take a short rest or did anybody want to keep an eye out? I'll keep an eye out with Carissa. Okay. Oh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is definitely short resting. He's just like, he's breathing heavy and, uh, and is, uh, like a, is quite a bit winded. Uh, so Travancore is going to join Carissa. The rest of you kind of sit and have some some trail rations and, and basic stuff that you've got in your pack. Uh, Travancore, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Kidoka? Oh, wow. Yikes. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, Thank you, Travancore. Yeah. Oh, Oof. good job, Detective Travancore. Perceptigates. <laughs> Perceptigates. Yeah, Carissa <laughs> rolled a, a natural one on her perception. Oh, no. I mean... She still does really, really well, but but that's interesting. Okay, Travancore, as the hour goes by that everybody kind of sits and rests and recovers from plowing through the snow, and you and Carissa are just kind of keeping an eye out on both ends of this passage, on the the towering mountains around you, some of which are so tall that you actually cannot see the tops of them. It disappears into the mist and the snow and the trees. It is mostly quiet. There's not really any animals around. There's not any birds. There's not much wind. Everything is blanketed in snow. So really, most of the sounds that you are hearing are coming from your companions behind you, also munching away, maybe idly chatting. Uh, Carissa will just continue to watch out for stuff. She won't engage you in conversation in any way. Uh, but you do notice on occasion she looks back at the group and her eyes seem to linger an extra second or two on Bernie before she'll turn back around and scan the horizon and scan the scan the tops of the mountains and whatever you can see. And it's about 
35 minutes into this break that you're taking that the sound of rocks falling gets both of your attention. Uh, you both look and it's on the part of the path across the way from you, one of the the small dips in the valleys that it's not a path as much as just it's where two mountains have finally met and small collection of rocks tumble down and break the silence and something something feels wrong you don't see anything but there was no reason for that rocks don't just fall on their own do they no no they don't guys oh oh major armor why did you not do that before we left because i didn't have the mage armor then <laughs> Damn, I didn't even have to say it this time. <laughs> As I have been rubbing off some of my tendencies onto Jonathan and uh Travancore, some of Bernie's tendencies have been rubbing off onto Carlton. Just a whole lot of rubbing all over. I did not Aww, say that. No, we're not why? Words. Why? Why? Well, well and I say then. that in character. No, I did not say that, Bernie. Not my I words. regret nothing. Take it except- out of him. Yeah. No bless for you. As you are alerting each other to what's going on and having this discussion, Travancore, where is it? Yep, there it is. Uh, does a 16 hit your AC? Actually, it matches, so yeah, it hits. Okay. From the direction of the falling rocks, a much larger rock is flung at your head. Ah. You take 33 points of bludgeoning <laughs> damage. As a rock kind of the size of the top of you, you see it coming, so you you don't get surprised by it, fortunately. However, it does slam into you and throw you back a little bit. And as you then kind of right yourself and everybody recovers from the shock of seeing this, you look up and you can now see... What you recognize as a giant, you've encountered giants before, but this one is much bigger and is cloaked in furs and a giant horned helm and the blue-gray skin is covered in bits of frost and snow and it's grinning at you as it starts to laugh and then... A second one pops its head out, and you hear a third behind it yell out, Grab that one! Actually, do any of you speak giant? I do. You and do. Travancore, as you are the only one who understands this giant as it calls out in giant, Grab that one! And we can all roll initiative. Are you a fan of fantasy role-playing? Looking for more D&D action outside your normal campaign? Do you enjoy laughing uncontrollably? Look no further than the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. Follow the continuing adventures of Tug, Durf, and Carl as Dungeon Master Joe leads them on the adventure of a lifetime. We're four 20-somethings with dull jobs by day, letting our inner nerd kids shine in our first ever 5th edition D&D campaign together. Fans are calling it a gripping tale with a talented cast, a large source of encouragement to get myself in my own D&D group. 
the funniest D&D podcast I've ever listened to. But don't take it from them. Check out You Meet in a Tavern for yourself on all your favorite podcast apps. That's You Meet in a Tavern, because every good story starts in a bar. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have, And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on December 8th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. B-I-O-G-L-O-O-P-P-U-R-I So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Does Bernie have time as a free action to whisper to Travancore, What are giants afraid of? I'll say, I'll say yes in that moment, but that Travancore is not going to have time to answer in this moment because he is he the only watch. one who understands what this giant is yelling. So Travancore, you hear Bernie whisper this very faint, faintly behind you in the same moment that you are also translating the, the yelling of the giant. On Travancore's turn, he will be able to respond. But in this moment, there's a lot going on with Travancore right now. Yeah. Uh, Bucks is all the way over here, but until you tell me otherwise, I'm assuming he is on your shoulder so yeah he's tucked away in the hood okay so we need initiatives carlton uh i got a 17 okay shadow shadow got a 14 and bernie bernie also got a 17 but yours is better than mine i have no bonuses to initiative so i go after you yeah jonathan seeks uh bucks oh i did not roll for bucks let me roll for him dang uh 21 (laughs) and driving uh, 12. That kind of makes sense. He just got hit by a giant rock. So it makes sense he would take him a while to, to get the fight. You did get hit by a giant rock. Okay. I got a rock. You got a rock. Bucks gets to go first. He is... Which kind of makes sense. Like, the only other person who's a Dexier beast than than Bucks and Carlton is Travancore, and he got hit in the head with a rock. So <laughs> you can forgive him for taking an extra second. What would Bucks like to do? Bucks, since this is combat and he's a brave little owl, he is going to take a little tiny owl leap from the uh, from the hood. And then as he starts falling, he'll fall just a little bit and whoop, his, wings will, his wings will deploy. He'll glide up and he's going to go to the left and just kind of fly out straight left and make a lookout to see if he can spot any more giants. He's also, he's going to ascend a bit too. He's ascended like... 30 feet, so I guess his total distance away from me will be, like, 30 feet. Okay, so he's he's moving his full movement, and as his action, he's taking a look around, taking a perception yeah. check. Okay, I'll go ahead and make a perception check. Ooh, not good. Only a nine. He can very clearly see the two giants that have stood up, one of whom has thrown the rock. He doesn't see any other giants. 
Okay. You are all aware that there's a third, like it was obvious enough that there's at least one more that yelled something out, even if none of you understood what it said. But Bucks does not currently see the third one. Okay. Carlton. Uh, So I do see um, this guy here in the front. Yes, you see the the two that are currently in front, they have stood up from behind kind of the shelf of rock that was the the side wall of this passage that you've been going through. And the one is laughing at Travancore, who took a rock to the face. I'm trying to think, are we, if I gauge the room, is that a free action to kind of read the room? Uh, it depends on what you're... Do I see, like, are we whipping out our fireballs and our bows and arrows, or are we preparing for a retreat? I don't know. I, I will ask the rest of the group, what's what's your initial instinct? Jonathan the Magic is mu- muscular, both his fists light up. <laughs> all right, cool. That's all I need to know. Bernie assumes that there there's no retreat from these people. Cool, because I have 40 feet of movement. That's 40 feet. We're going to rage. Okay. So, because these things are going to hurt a lot. And then... They are pretty big. They are. Let's go ahead and make some attacks. Uh, 14... 14 will not hit. You right. you clink off of some hide armor that this frost giant is wearing, and it just doesn't quite sink deep enough. All right. And a 24. 24 definitely hits. All right. And then uh, do I have to separate the lightning and the slashing? No. It'll be uh, 22 points total. All right. Yeah, you only get one hit, but you get a really good hit in. Anything else? My bonus action to action. I'm going to save my action surge. So we're good for right now. All right, Bernie. Bernie is going to move up behind Travancore. Sure. And grab him by the knee <laughs> and cast Cure Wounds. Uh, she's going to cast it as a, a second level spell just because he needs it really, really, really badly. He did take a giant rock to the head. 14. Thank you. Really glad I went with the 2d8. Wow, God, one of those was a one. Yeah, that uh, sucks when that happens. Yeah, that, that's the worst. But so you now have uh, 76 health, I think. Yep, that's right. Thank you. Okay, and as a bonus action, she's going to cast Spiritual Weapon. And she's going to cast it as a fourth level spell. Um, where would you like to place it? She's going to place it. The one that threw it is the one closest to us, right? Yeah, the one that Carlton is next to is the one that's still grinning kind of haphazardly at Travancore. Okay, but the one, basically the one that threw it, which is the one closer to everybody. Yeah. It's going to take the form of a beanstalk. Sure. And spiritual weapon is basically a regular spell roll. Out of curiosity, it's the form of a beanstalk. What color is it? Is it green or is it, does your spiritual weapon always take on a certain color? You know, we've never discussed color. I don't think we have. I don't know if it matters. If it do- if you want to think about it, that's fine. But I'm just curious, at least in this moment, is it a green beanstalk or is it like some ethereal yellow? I feel like it's always an ethereally color. Okay. I think it's always quite clear that it's ethereally, but maybe the etherealness is a green. I don't know. Sure. Does a natural 20 <laughs> hit? Nice. Yes, a natural mm. 20 would wow. hit. Wow. Drink. Yes. 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 Okay. So uh, do you want me to roll the damage times by two or just roll more dice? So what we've started to do is you're going to double the dice, except one of those dice will be max damage. So what would you normally roll? 
So for spiritual weapon, sec- it's been it's been a minute, friends. I know. Force damage equal to one d eight plus spell casting ability modifier. But since on a third level or higher, so this is going to be three d eight plus five. Three d eight plus five. So you will roll five d eight plus five, and then add eight because that sixth one we make max automatically. Okay. That's okay, we've kind of moved plus- into that. So so you'll do five d eight plus uh, thirteen. Thirty two points of force damage, but really it's beanstalk damage. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's it's still kind of half looking at Carlton, half grinning at Travancore, but the beanstalk upside the head definitely gets its attention. And I'm assuming that is all. Unless you'd like to move. Everything Bernie can do. Okay. I, she has no reason to think she needs to move. Sure. I Though- just, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to decide if like it's better for us not to be all lined up like bowling pins. <laughs> that's up to you Ugh. you have experienced giant rocks from giants before i'll say that these are not the giants you've encountered but the rocks are familiar i will say that i feel like bernie's gonna be there but she's gonna be prepared to dodge okay <laughs> so up next are the two giants that you can see the one that is facing off with carlton Uh, While it is momentarily surprised and distracted by this ethereal beanstalk, it is going to grab its great axe, and it is going to multi-attack at Carlton. Uh, Let's see what happens. Wow, that first one was a natural one. So yeah, it's still kind of distracted by this ethereal beanstalk behind it. So it's pulling out the great great axe in order to whack Carlton, but it's still kind of looking back at this weird glowing beanstalk thing and so whew, very doesn't distra- it actually just whiffs off to the side whiff there it is uh the Ow, second one is it hurts <laughs> oh well, we'll no see. i'm assuming a 22 hits you though yes okay uh so you are going to take 25 slashing damage so as have the 12 that one comes across and kind of nails you in the side as it it changes its angle of attack the other one is going to, with long strides, because yes, it can do that, it picks up another rock and moves forward and gets into... (gasps) Am I able to opportunity attack this one? Uh, No, you are not a giant creature, so... Right, but I'm assuming that I was within, it's like, if it was here... You still need to be within five feet, and this one was at least ten feet away. Gotcha. I just want to, I like, because of the scale, I wasn't sure exactly where they were. Yeah. Nope, it lumbers forward with another giant rock in its hands, and seemingly inspired by its friend. Oh, Travancore, here we go. Giant rock. But can he have some kind of advantage on dodging it, because he's prepared to dodge? There's no advantage because he's prepared to dodge. It's just the first time the rock didn't have the throwing rock didn't have advantage because he wasn't surprised. So there's at least that. Does a 14 hit? No. All right. You are more prepared for the rock this time. And so you duck out of the way. Everybody else kind of scrambles around you as this rock I mean, lands. You duck, but Bernie just stands there. <laughs> it grazes her hair, but it doesn't do any damage. Um, it is Shadow's turn. Ooh, decisions, decisions. Hmm, they're giants. Okay, let's see. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 
That wouldn't get him quite to flanking, but he could dodge in theory. Shadow is going to make a beeline, and he's going to dodge. I mean, dash as well. Oh, wait, never mind. He doesn't have to do that one. No, no, because that one's already... Well, you know what, though? When we start over the new campaign, I'm going to be getting rid of flanking rules to try to make combat a little bit simpler, and then this will be a lot easier. But we've been doing flanking for now, so... I don't, I don't like the sound of that. That makes it sound like it's right around the horizon. Like these giants are going to smush us into jelly between their toes. Don't, don't like... No, sir, I don't like that. That's don't not what I meant, but sure. I'm I know, about to I know. kill you. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's see. Haven't hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> you never know. You might string lucky this time. Ah, oh, gosh, what's Shadow going to do? All right, so Shadow is going to stay put, and he's going to take the dodge action. So if the giant comes any closer before Sh- Trapper has a chance to move, he'll be able to at least you know avoid any attacks or or or, throw, or stones that the giants are throwing. Okay, and that's it. Shadow starts to move around and duck and dodge next to you, ready to dodge as necessary. Uh, next is Car. She is going to turn into a car and go vroom vroom. <laughs> Here in my car. <laughs> do, 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 Not do, exactly. Do, 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 do. That's as much as we can do. Like the rest of you, she is in multiple layers and while you all saw that she was well geared you now see her pull out a short sword from underneath one of her cloaks ah but she can't quite make it to the one she wants to and she doesn't know that that's there okay she's gonna move up kind of next to carlton she's pulled out the short sword and then noticing that she can't get very far or she can't get far enough with that she is going to put that away and pull out a dagger and throw it at the giant and she's gonna hit do some damage not a ton of damage but that that dagger sinks in pretty deep even if it is not a large dagger and then she pulls back out the short sword and seems ready to rush forward into melee. And Travancore, it is your turn. Okay. I'm trying to think. Would a giant constrictor stake be big enough to constrain one of these giants? It could try, yeah, because they would be the same general size. Because it would be okay. a because a giant constrictor snake, is that considered huge? Yeah, huge. Then it could try. Sweet. Alright, I am gonna cast Conjure Animals, and I am going to summon a a giant constrictor snake by the name of Jimmy. And Jimmy is... Sure. I, too, read bo- I too read books as a child. Wait, I'm sorry. I I know that Jimmy wasn't the name of the boa, but that's where we are. It's a snack. Where would you yeah. like to put the snack? Um, snack is, snake is going to go right next to... Immediately to the left of the uh, the one that's uh, tried to throw a, a, a stone at Travancore. Sure. And, what would Jimmy like to do? Oh, Jimmy is going to try and constrict this thing let's see plus six to hit all right let's see come on jimmy and then jimmy looks at you and goes dad i did a constrict <laughs> will the 21 eat the wash it will yay all right so describe for me what the the constrictor does because i'm assuming it's not just your normal grapple yeah reach five one creature hit fifth 13 that's two die eight plus four bludgeoning damage and the target is grappled and there is an escape DC. Until the grapple ends, the creature is restrained, and the snake cannot restrict another target. So I get to roll damage. It's two die, eight plus four. Sure. All right, so Stony McStonerson is down eight points. Okay. And they are grappled, and they get to roll a DC uh, a throw on their turn, I guess, to see whether they can break out of the condition or not. And you said it's grappled and restrained, right? 
Yeah, and Travancore, I know that like typically the turn of the creature is end of Travancore probably wants to move another forty feet, uh, fifteen feet to the northeast, I guess, to the upper left. Yeah, right about there. Just the idea being that like it's a little harder to hit the things restrained. The other two that other targets in front of it, and he wants to sort of get away from the area where like there's too many people in one place. So, so in theory, if another one throws a rocket at him, it'll literally be just him. Okay. And as you finish and you move into that position, you now see. As it is this one's turn, you see the third one that you assume is the one that was yelling out to you. This one also stands up, seems to oh, be even... before I forget, before oh. my turn ends, I yell dragons to answer Bernie's question. Oh, okay. Well, a little late, <laughs> but thank you. Okay. Um, she, you yell out dragons just as this other... I took a head injury. Give me some slack. <laughs> just as this other frost giant stands up, it is slightly larger than the others and does seem to have kind of a, a weird feral grin on its face. And as it stands, it locks eyes with you, Travancore. And you hear it yell out in giant, Not the others, that one! And it's going to charge at you. Oh, great. It is huge. It doesn't actually provoke that opportunity attack because it doesn't actually get out of anyone's melee range. It's going to run up to you. It is going to rage. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's going to grab its great axe. And you have two great axes coming to your face. So... Moving was a poor choice. The first hit is a dirty 20. Yeah, that'll... Uh, The second hit is a 27. That will also hit. Okay. You are going to take a grand total of 60 slashing damage. 30... Um, I'm actually going to use my reaction to have my spirit shield help negate some of that. And so you see my spectral ancestors coming and he's like... It's like the shape of my father. He's like trying to like stop the axe, but he slows it down a little bit. Okay. So take nine off of that. So So the first hit will only do 21. And the second hit will do 30. <sighs> I helped. Okay. You, you got 25. Thanks, buddy. Left. Yep. As t- two giant axes, uh, two giant axe hits just nail you. And as the second swing is pulled out of your body you hear this massive frost giant say down it capture it take the thing we need in giant so i believe travancore you're the only one who understands yeah what it is saying and we're gonna pause there as Did you say he's down to five, Bernie? 20, 25. Five. 25. 25. Okay, I was like, damn, that spirit shield saved your life. <laughs> yeah. So, Jonathan, you're going to be on deck. I know we're at the end of the round. You're going to be on deck for when we return in the middle of this intense fight. As uh, at this moment, Travancore seems to be in a bit of a bind with a bunch of giants who've come to grab him for some reason. But we're going to stop there because we have to for real life reasons. I will give you experience the next time we play once we are finished with this combat. And next time, it'll be Jonathan's turn. And we'll see what the, the fire mage has up his sleeve for a bunch of frost giants. I think I have an idea, but we'll see what it, happens. It's going to be the dawn of a new game. 
Hey. Hey. I'm gonna cast Dawn on all these bitches. I just like in my head, I heard Frost Giant, and nothing was connecting. And this, and it's like you finally said it, and my brain was like, oh, I got the fire. Well, and I, I'll, I'll say you probably know from your recent, ex- well, not recent, but from your experiences with giants, just because they're frost giants doesn't necessarily mean that they're weak to fire. But yeah, I mean. That would be the fun thing to do. Anyway, we're going to pause there. We're going to get back together in the middle of combat and see what's going on. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.